a chief of staff who's a volunteer for a campaign physically had to be separated from me when he followed me down the street. So we all signed a clean campaign pledge. I know I sent it. I know others sent it. You might say that you didn't receive it. Monique, I am. I don't know what you're referring to. And I'm, you know, again, I, 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 that sounds Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Uh, and we're back <laughs> after another week off. Uh, what, what, was our, what was our reason? You were too busy? You had other shit you had to do last week? Yeah, I was very busy, actually, last week. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're back this week. Uh, making it work. And, making it work, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I actually lost today. I thought today was Wednesday. And apparently I messaged you yesterday saying, oh, when we do the show tomorrow night, I want to da 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 thinking that, that today was Wednesday because I've been on a little sobriety kick and it turns out time slows down when you're sober. <laughs> and I had a, in my brain, instead of being like in an alcoholic stupor and losing a day, I was in a sober stupor and gained a day, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm drinking a little uh, Vizzy hard seltzer right now, but this is only the second time I've drank it in like two weeks. And as you know, I like to drink, but I also, you know, at a certain point, I'm just kind of like, well, why am I drinking again? Like, am I just, you know, two years of COVID bad habits, just hanging out, you know, like, well, I got nothing else to do. Might as well. Turns into, wait, why? What's, you know, I'm just sitting here playing video games, you know, like, what do I, do I need a drink or should I kind of just, you know, save it for when there's a special occasion like uh, functional people do, but I don't really feel any different. The only difference I've noticed is, is. You know, I I'll get the same amount of sleep, but I'll wake up more frequently, you know, yeah. and then I'll usually just like fall right back asleep. But every time you wake up when you, you know, if you wake up periodically, it feels like you haven't fallen asleep yet. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, I've been tossing and turning, can't fall asleep. And actually, you like look at the clock and like, oh, wait, no, I've been out for three hours straight. Now I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say that there are there are shows that I'll watch late at night, you know, when you're just like, well, I got to figure out something to fall asleep to. That, you know, on streaming, Apple, Apple Plus, uh, Netflix, who, whatever the fuck. And when you're starved for content, as we all are after two years of sitting inside all day, uh, you'll fucking watch anything, right? If you're buzzed. <laughs> but other shows you realize are like, have just they've just been made purely as, as filler, right? Because right. it's, you know, Apple Plus launches, Apple Plus, as I call it. And it's like, well, we need this show to be as long as possible, right? And and I it, there was a show called Invasion, and usually I avoid shows that have a one word title because they're terrible. Um, something like um, Severance would be the huge exception, the first real hit that Apple Plus has had. Invasion was a show starring nobody you've ever heard of and no one you'll ever hear of uh, about the planet Earth being invaded by spiders, big spiders, apparently. And apparently the, the Earth is wiped out almost completely in a matter of days, even though the spiders have no apparent spaceships to attack the planet. You just see a couple running up the side of a building a few times. 
and they can like kill you apparently. Uh, and then they have, you know, 99% of the show is just people like looking at each other and emoting while like ethereal music plays. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, like, what is the, you know, we need this show. Okay. The producers were like, we need this show. The executives to be as long as possible. So editors just go crazy. This, this could have been a two hour movie. We need it to be an hour and 20 minutes per episode in 10 episodes. And I watched almost all of it completely sober last week. And I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. No wonder I drink. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And it's it's like these fucking aliens come down and they start like terraforming the planet, like while they're still trying to take it over apparently. And they have like a black ooze that turns trees into like charcoal or some shit. And, and they get to about maybe a couple acres of trees right in the, in the day and a half that they have control of the earth and then that's it. And then they're all dead. And I'm like, you know, why would they, why would aliens start trying to terraform the planet when they haven't completely taken control of it yet? Like, why wouldn't they do, you know, like, like, well, we're never going to see a a realistic alien invasion plot line where it's, you know, the aliens take control of the world leaders first in secret and then make them terraform the earth by making sure we keep burning petroleum for a thousand years before they invade it, which it seems much more realistic to me of the world we live in. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, just I'm just looking at the, the IMDb for this show. It, it, if it's any indicator, like, so I was looking at the writer, director, producer, this guy, Simon Kinberg. Just listen to some of the shit that he's written before, and this will maybe give you a good idea as to why uh, the quality of the show was as it was. Triple uh, X, Stay of the Union, so that's the sequel to Triple X. Uh, the Vin Diesel <laughs> franchise, <laughs> X Men: The Last Stand, which was the atrocious one for the third of the like the original ones, um, Jumper, that movie with fucking Hayden Christensen that absolutely bombed after fucking uh, Revenge of the Sith. I didn't even think that it was that bad, but it was you know like I don't remember anything about it. I, I think it was a lot of more teleport. backlash against him, and you know I think it was a little bit more of that. But it, I mean, whatever. Yeah. It, it didn't, you know, didn't set the world on fire. For a second, I thought Looper, and I was like, oh wait, Looper's the. No, that was Looper, great. I love that. Movie. That was actually really good. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, fucking Ryan Johnson, Knives Out. You know, uh, Last Jedi. Great, great, right, right. great writer. Is he, is he um, doing Knives Out too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a totally different cast, except for James Bond, right? I think yeah, that's what I've talked. I still haven't yeah. seen the first one, but I really heard it. I heard oh, it really you haven't it. seen the first one? No, I haven't gotten around uh, to it. You I, get it. I it like his the- shit too because he's he's really good. Brick was really yeah. good. Looper's yeah. great. Um, oh, <laughs> X Men: Days of Futures Past, which is I, I think the only good one of those later ones. Uh, X Men: Apocalypse. X Men: Dark Phoenix. I mean, oh, just God, the Fantastic those are all, those Four, the- 2015, 20 f- Fantastic Four, the fucking atrocious one that got josh trank like thrown out of hollywood forever <laughs> like oh my god yeah so this guy yeah if, if that's any indicator of his of his writing ability that's uh oh but he's remaking logan's run so that should be awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh that thing, blows. things that were terrible the first time but are so full of schlock that you just can't help but love it <laughs> right uh have you ever have you ever sat through logan's run no, I never. I, I oh, I I, I, I watched it when I was. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was like the the the. You can't really tell when a bad movie from the late '60s or the early '70s is from either one of those decades, because you know, I mean, a, a a bad movie from the '70s feels like it's from the '60s, right? Right, and it, it's probably from like 1975, but I watched it too early to know when it was, so it felt like 
late 60s but it's so fucking cornball the premise is is awesome the premise is amazing and and probably came from a novel that was really good but the movie is so fucking cheesy it's it's just almost unwatchable um especially when you pair it up against you know other science fiction of the of the era like 2001 um But yeah, it was just, I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting there and watching this, just like, there's nothing else to fucking watch. Like, no wonder I fucking drank, so. Uh, Actually, just, there's a show on, <laughs> there's a show I just started watching last night as I was going to bed uh, on Prime Video called Paper Girls. That's really, like, so far it's really good. I, I read the comic, like, years ago when it came out, 2014 or whatever, and it was fucking great. It's, like, by one, one of my favorite modern. Do you, um, like, ride bicycles and throw papers on your doorstep? Yeah. No, literally. Like, huh. it's, it, it's about four, like, paper girls, like, who have paper routes in the 80s. And, like, they, like they're delivering papers on Halloween night. And then just, like, a bunch of weird shit starts to happen. And then it becomes hard sci-fi very quickly. And then there's, like, time travel involved and, like, uh, future course. self. <laughs> but it's actually good. Like, they, they try to market it very much like uh, yeah. Stranger Things but with girls. But I think it's the story itself is a lot I think more original than Stranger Things, so it's it's yeah. and I love Stranger Things. You know, I'm not shit talking them, but it, it it's good. It's it's. I it, would never know that if you hadn't told me just now. Right, I know. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like the story itself from the comics was great, so I'm yeah. excited. It seems like it's a well made adaptation. It's got like you know, eight point six on Rotten to, or on whatever eighty six percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. So, so the weird part about Invasion is that they try to tell like a, a true multicultural story and make each part of it very endearing to the audience of that specific country or you know ethnicity or whatever so there's parts of it that make no fucking sense to people who probably aren't from there right um like there's a big chunk of it that's like the japanese space agency which um japan doesn't have a space agency that's ever sent anyone you know they don't have their own space station right right they just don't there's only three countries that have ever really sent people to space and that's china Russia. Soviet Union slash Russia right. and the U.S. But in this in this show, Japan's like the king should have fucked mountain of space travel. Um, but they don't like nobody trusts each other because they have this hierarchy of, you know, like male dominated whatever, which like I mean, every a lot of cultures have that. But like you, you don't have that nowadays in science to the point where if aliens were invading, you wouldn't trust the one woman who like <laughs> right. knows how to decode their message. You wouldn't be like, this is not the time for your, your place to do whatever. That's, so it's, it, be, it right. becomes this like really heavy handed, like against the patriarchy thing in this critical moment where only this one woman who's this communications person can figure out the thing. And it's like, it's not even clear what she's really doing. It's just, it's, it's, but you know that's also like an American writer thing. Like, look how progressive we are compared to these fictionalized oh, yeah. versions. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, but, I'm sure it's not really that bad in Japan. It, like, I'm sure. It's, but it it, you know. it felt like they were creating like this this sort of fictional um, Japanese space agency. I mean, not that they don't have space agency; that they just don't have one on par with right. what's presented in the, in the show. It felt like it was a stand-in for China's space agency, mm. which uh, has been very active and has sent right. people into space and has their own space station has had multiple space stations and has probes on the moon and Mars. And I, I actually saw a headline and it's just, it's hilarious how, how like the disparity between the, the media coverage of uh, everyone else's space endeavors, right. In, in Western media versus anything China does. Right. right. So I see this headline, uh, China adds science laboratory to its orbiting space station. And of course, my brain just thought, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was kind of like, oh, really? So they've had a they've had an orbiting 
uh, space station, but they only just added the science laboratory. Like, what were they doing all this time for the last three years? Like, man, I've been just sitting up here spinning around <laughs> the Earth, wishing I could do some science. But wish turns I, out, wish I had some instruments with me that I could, you know, get, like test. You know, shit, we but... don't we don't have the science lab yet. Guess I'll just go back to playing Angry Birds. Um, <laughs> so, right. so that wasn't like the shitty part, but I, I was just kind of like noticed that 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 was, you know. Like, oh, they, you know, clearly they were already doing science. They just didn't have a dedicated science pod added to the module. But Western media makes it sound like, oh, look how behind they are. Um, but then they also like the rocket they used to launch that um, that uh, science lab up to their thing. They China didn't tell us where it was going to crash back down to Earth. Well, I mean, that's probably because NASA, by order of the U.S. Congress, has decided to not cooperate with China whatsoever in our international space station or have any joint space program the way that we do with Russia and have had with Russia constantly since the mid 1970s. I don't know if people know that, but even back when they were Soviets and now that they're our mortal enemy, um, we've still always maintained a nonstop joint space exploration and scientific research mission with Russia, with Moscow. Right. Right. Like, like we don't, we don't launch anything to our space station anymore. We launch all of our shit to the International Space Station and all of our American astronauts from Russia. And it's just like a normal thing, you know, completely apolitical. But we won't do that with China because they're too sneaky somehow. So right. they because they, they have more money than us, so we need to <laughs> do everything we can to fucking, you know, try to act as if they're these, these like, yeah, it, it's just the shit we do to antagonize China for no fucking reason when they're just like, you know, you do you, bro. Like, we don't really give a shit. We're over here, you know, doing it slightly less horribly than you are and we'll be doing it way more successfully. So they, they let this them. rocket fall back to Earth and burn up in the atmosphere. And, you know, as as thousands of rockets have done over the years from multiple different countries. And the headline in Western media was Chinese rocket. NASA criticizes irresponsible Beijing as booster falls to Earth. So uh, oh. similar headline from just over a year ago when Elon Musk's SpaceX let a rocket fall back to Earth and it fell down to Earth in a place it wasn't supposed to and burned up. Headline, Western media, SpaceX, ro- <laughs> SpaceX rocket debris creates a fantastic light show in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> sky. Oh, my God. Yeah, it doesn't surprise it, it, me. The and, least, and, and these were from two different media sources, but they're both Western media. So it's the same fucking it's the same angle. It's the same, same attitude, propaganda. Same, right. Same horse shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, fucking Elon Musk has exploded more rockets than than, you know, every other country combined. Exploded they, more ovaries than every other country combined. Right, apparently. apparently. Jesus. Uh, despite. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Um, But no. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just preposterous. But, you know, this is just I, there, there's just this constant my entire life and your entire life. And anyone that's listening to this podcast for our entire lives, there's just been this just constant like at all times fucking drumbeat for war with anybody that doesn't look like us in in every conceivable you know manner like it just it, it's so like omnipresent that i almost don't even think about it anymore but you have to imagine like in countries where this doesn't happen they look at us like we're fucking insane where we're just constantly you know doing brinksmanship with these countries that if we were to actually come into conflict with them we would be fucking dead we'd all be fucking dead because we all have 
umptillion fucking nuclear, you know, arms and uh there's no way fucking anything would survive if we actually did decide to fucking go, you know, into a into a situation where we're in actual fucking hot war with China or with Russia or with any of the other, other fucking countries that we constantly try to provoke for no fucking reason other than that it you know boosts our stock market or boosts the fucking lockheed stocks or whatever whatever the fucking reason is like you know whatever the reason is that nancy pelosi is doing what she's doing right now as we fucking speak uh you know bringing us to the you know potential brink of, of one fucking accident uh slip of slip of a fucking trigger is, is gonna you know and ignite world war three because because what like because she wants to fucking you know, you know, pumper fucking defense stocks. Like, who knows? I don't even know what the fuck she's doing this for. But you know, it, it, it's it's insane. So you know, we should we should definitely talk about that because, it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's fucking nuts. Well, she she was playing will she won't she for a while because everybody, including Biden, including the Pentagon, including every NATSEC writer out there. Who lusts for war was like uh this is a bad idea this. <laughs> this, is, this is a really this is a really bad idea because you know we we like to pretend we are you know playing this this uh statecraft brinksmanship with china but like actually doing things to to not just rhetoric wise but to go there and blatantly disrespect them is a, is a bridge too far and that's the things we don't understand is like we think of things in terms of you know we 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 say stuff, but we don't really mean it, right? right? And that's, everyone kind of gets that all the time. Right? But but when you go somewhere in person to basically say we recognize that Taiwan is uh, a sovereign nation, when in fact there's just a province of China, just like the other thirty nine provinces of China, or thirty four, or twenty eight, or however many you actually think <laughs> there are, depending on your politics. That that's like the, the thing is that Americans don't understand is is deeply disrespecting somebody, right? And that's like the core of Chinese society is like respecting another is is a fundamental tenet that when you do something that uh, as as American is just like offending the entire nation of one point two billion people with your presence somewhere. That's that's like they just American politicians don't fathom that because they well, don't understand like how they're so used to like a polarized country where you can say and do whatever the fuck you want because there's no unified national identity. They don't understand how deeply disrespectful this is. Well, and I think it's it's also, you know, and I talk about this all the time, but like it, it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, they are a communist nation. They do have, you know, for all of their flaws as a country they do have that that at least those th- those building blocks that architecture of like this is a society built around you know uh, the betterment of of everyone within the society you're you're not you're not you know an individual you're part of a collective and in this country we are so rapidly individual uh individualistic that we can't even fathom do it like the fact that like hey maybe we shouldn't do this thing that we want to do because it might upset somebody like it's just it's just a basic thing that you're supposed to be taught as a child. But again, everything in American culture and society, you know, violently rejects that notion of like respect for other people and like not being a fucking <laughs> they had, asshole. They had, to, they had to change the entire plot of Ghost in the Shell to make it about the individual instead of the collective, which was like the whole thing about like Ghost in the Shell was this woman who gives up her personal identity to, you know, 
for the betterment of society, albeit, you know, essentially being a cop. Right. But like they, they were like, well, Americans won't go for that. <laughs> so we have to make it about. So, yeah, I mean, right. it, it's hilarious because, you know, that like people, people respect him. Well, why would Pelosi do this despite all the advice of the president and the Pentagon? And it's like, well, she just she just believes in freedom and democracy so much. Right. So and I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I was like, every time a, a capitalist talks about freedom and democracy, they're talking about unregulated, unregulated free market capitalism. Right. The only thing in Taiwan that Pelosi cares about is keeping the cheap semiconductors flowing. And so today, on cue, Pelosi tweets out, Our delegation's visit to Taiwan honors Americans' unwavering commitment to supporting Taiwan's vibrant democracy. <laughs> I, I would again argue, like, it, the their province of China... So how could they have a, a a separate? I mean, it's just it, right. The, they're not a vibrant democracy because they're not a fucking right. sovereign nation. But you know, she continues. Our discussions with Taiwan leadership reaffirm our support for our partner and promote our shared interest, including advancing a free and open Indo-Pacific region. By open, she means open markets. Right. Of course. Of course, she does. And yeah, I mean, it's just. It's unfathomable, but again, I was just thinking about this today and laughing because I was thinking like, this is the shit that she's doing to Joe Biden, you know, even who, you know, again, is is like completely feckless and useless. And, you know, we've said as much, but certainly would probably consider Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi an ally of his fucking imagine if Bernie Sanders had somehow won the presidency and like, you know, managed to squeak through all of their cheating and all the horse shit that they did the kind of shit that they would do like this, like the, the, it would be like this, you know, like the, the, like when they, like when the Republicans invited Netanyahu to speak in Congress without Obama's approval, like it would have been shit like that from every fucking Democrat nonstop. Oh yeah. It would be the entire Democratic caucus of the Democratic party going to Taiwan, not just Pelosi. Right, right. Just everything they could to undermine his foreign policy and, and, you know, the kind of, thrust of the administration so it, it, it's fucking amazing that like you know but again nobody would do it and bernie again in not i guess not to his credit even if this had happened i'm sure wouldn't fucking do anything like he probably would have yelled at her unlike biden but he wouldn't have censured her he wouldn't have tried to kick her out of the park like you wouldn't have done the things that you or me would do if we were in charge of this fucking you know cesspool of a, of a political party but um yeah, it, it's it's just fucking unbelievable. The when you really realize the the just amount of um barriers in place to keep the fucking monstrous, just brutal, oppressive system that we have in place in this country in place, it's like just completely insurmountable. So I, I again, I totally understand why. People are just like, fuck it. I can't think about it on a daily basis. It's just one of those things like, you know, some people are just like, hey, you know what? I, yeah, we're all going to die, but I can't think about it. And some people think about it constantly and it rules their daily lives. I think I think a lot of in a lot of ways, I, I feel like that about politics where I'm just like, I, it's it's really hard for me to fucking even think about because I, I fundamentally understand that nothing in this country will change in our lifetimes uh and, and you know except for the fact that's gonna get a lot harder to fucking live on this planet and and you know towards the tail end of my life and your life certainly um but especially for like the younger listeners like 
I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I'm getting like super depressing, but like I, I just, yeah. It, well, I think we should talk a little bit about, you know, the the reasons why this is a problem, yeah. right? Specifically Pelosi going to Taiwan because it's just like, well, she's just going there. Like, so what? Right. Um, but that's, I mean, we, we would consider, you know, like somebody, I remember we talked about this weeks ago uh, on the pod where somebody asked me like, isn't Biden in Venezuela right now? And I was like, no <laughs> do you know how do you know how irregular that would be like i mean nixon going to china was already you know like the the biggest thing that ever happened in the in the century like that's just not a thing that's done right um but i mean the reason the reason of course is basically as the ap put out in this explainer that i, I have quoted here but i'm not going to read just basically china says that taiwan belongs to them you know right. it'd, be, it'd be like if you know if Hawaii just said, well, we're not part of the United States anymore. I'd be like, well, you never should have been, but good for you. But that's that's not the way it is. And I, I honestly don't have any opinion one way or the other about no, I agree. Taiwan <laughs> being independent or Taiwan unifying with China. I mean, they, they are part of China as, as it is right now. They are an island off the mainland, right? So I don't have any opinion about that. But the people who do have an opinion about it, mainly... Uh, you know, rabid centrist liberals who think that we must support a free and independent breakaway Republic of Taiwan. It just, it blows my mind because it's the complete reversal of their opinion on Ukraine and <laughs> right. the breakaway Republics there that Russia has been defending. Right. So it's like either you think that, you know, the U S should defend Taiwan from the aggressor, China, I guess, aggressor in their mind, uh, or you believe that Russia is, is like you can't you can't think that both things are wrong. You have to pick one or the other. Either a breakaway republic being defended by another country is right and noble, or you disagree with it vehemently. You can't pick it as being favorable in one country but not the other. Yeah, and uh, you know ultimately, it, it, I it, I just. It's preposterous. We don't give a fuck about democracy. You know, we just care about, you know, keeping the flow of capital going in any situation where we see an opportunity to make fucking money. That's the that's our foreign policy. And we will. Yeah, that's our starting point, And we will do whatever we need to do to make it fit into that neat box so that we can say that, oh, well, we're doing this to protect human rights or oh well we don't recognize the 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 breakaway republics of ukraine like whatever needs to be said to protect our fucking capital interests um one of which one of the biggest capital interests is just making fucking war we manufacture war i mean that's literally one of the biggest well, you know the, fucking the, drivers of our economy which is why we spend so much on it every the, the year thing with, the thing with taiwan and the semiconductors you know little tiny chips that are in all of our cell phones is that taiwan has mm-hmm. like a, almost a monopoly on making those things right right i mean they make a lot of really cheap electronics a lot of countries in southeast asia does but like taiwan has a lock on little tiny semiconductors um so the onion had a great coming for me coming yeah you're talking too much shit about (laughs) telling the truth the fire department's gonna arrest me (laughs) um you still there yeah i'm here check check you still there yeah yeah can you hear me i can hear you oh you cut out for like a good 10 seconds there oh fuck all right well um anyhow the uh onion had a great great piece today and it was like what's the deal with the thing in taiwan and they presented it as though it was like the, the AP explainer. Right. And it was just like a question and answer thing. And I think the last one was like, do, do the Taiwanese want Ta- uh, Pelosi to come to their country? 
And the answer was, who fucking cares? This is about us in China. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and and like somebody said, you know, put put forth an analogy that I that I really was like, yeah, no, that's actually a really good way to explain it. I mean, this is the equivalent for for fucking America, you know, America centric people who can't, you know, who, who are just constantly hypocritical about U.S. foreign policy, even though they would feel differently if it was in another country. Imagine if Texas seceded, you know, in that in that awesome world where that would happen, you know, not wouldn't not that I would, you know, not that I would mind, but just imagine a world where Texas seceded. We had a very rocky relationship with them. We didn't recognize their secession. And then President, you know, Xi Jinping came here and was like, hey, I'm going to go visit Texas and acknowledge their sovereignty as a country. You know, despite the fact that me and you are these like, you know, tense trading partners, I'm going to go acknowledge your fucking breakaway rogue state that you're probably going to have to go to war with, you know, and you have been at war with in some capacity um, as an independent country. Like, imagine the fucking way that Americans heads would explode and that, you know, the, 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 the response and the fucking military response that the U.S. would put forth if that happened here. And then you can imagine why China, you know scrambled a bunch of their fucking you know jets and like we're or, or imagine if uh china had aircraft carriers 300 miles off the coast of la <laughs> right right like we do in every fucking country that we're like you know, like we do with and the you know we, like we, we have a, we have our half our pacific navy parked right next to taiwan <laughs> right so it's 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 the you remember a couple years or a couple years ago when there was that uh navy uh u.s uh nuclear navy aircraft carrier captain that defied an order to go out to sea because uh, 500 of his 5000 crew members yes. had covid yeah and he basically like the uh refused refused a direct order and said there you know like there's no war going on we don't need to be doing this and there's nowhere for 5000 people to quarantine like i'm staying here and i'm going to order tents to be put up and we're going to do this and then it was like that some vice admiral was like you're you're stupid. And then the captain resigned and then the admiral resigned. And it was just like this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, like we're not, we're not at war. Right. But if you call out that fact that it's like, how dare you, how dare you be a captain of a nuclear U S aircraft carrier and, you know, <laughs> admit the fact that we're not actually at war. This is all just pandering and posturing and saber rattling to make money. Right. Right, which is the, the basis of our foreign policy for the last 70 years in this country. So one other fact, I, I wanted to talk about the historical nature of this, too. Like, why why have Taiwan and China been at odds for so long? And this is this is the part that's always left out of uh, the Western media narrative. <clears throat> you know, it's not that, like, Taiwan just decided suddenly a couple of years ago, we want to be our own country. And then we were like, yes, we support democracy. And, and you know, like, that's that's not how any of this went down. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to rehash it real quick. Um, I don't have anything to read on it. Just, just yeah. you know, history. So the civil war between uh, the nationalists, the, um, uh, what was it? It was uh, Zheng, uh, not, I forget, I can't say the fucking guy's name at the, at the moment, but the, the leader of the country, the nationalists, went to war with the communists, right? And they were at war for about 10 years. Then World, World War II started, and Japan invaded, and they didn't fight together against Japan. They fought, fought independently against Japan. And then as soon as World War II ended, they went back to fight each other. And the communists won. And was it Chiang Kai-shek? Is that how I... Is that Chang, the, yeah, Chiang... Chiang uh, Hai? 
Shanghai check. Yeah. Shanghai check. It's something like that. So him and all the pro Western nationalists fled Beijing and went to Taipei, Taiwan. And for 10 years, they pretended that they were still the capital of China. <laughs> right. That for 10 years, the rest of the world recognized Taipei, Taiwan as the capital of China. And after, eventually, after 10 years, after China had already been on the UN Security Council for all that time, the rest of the world was finally like, OK, listen, Miami is not the capital of Venezuela. We can't keep pretending this shit anymore. <laughs> OK, like, so they right. finally recognized that Beijing and the Communist Party were the rightful capital and rightful rulers of China. Right. And that's been like Taiwan has always been like this sort of bastion of all the anti-communists in China ever since. Right. But there are still Taiwanese people that live on the Chinese mainland. It's not completely, you know, black and white like that for regular people. Now, admittedly, most of the people in Taiwan, if you poll them, would like to be their own country. They identify as uh, Taiwanese, not Chinese. But that doesn't mean that they're calling for an all out secession war with mainland China. Right. Even their even their president is like, yeah, we would like independence, but like we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to go to war over this. <laughs> right. With the biggest fucking so, you know, economy you know, in the world. Well, when, and also Pelosi just assumes that going there and rooting for their independence as a, a quote unquote democratic independent state is what they want. Uh, no, it isn't. It not necessarily is at all. Well, and, and even so, I mean, even if it is what they wanted, which, like you said, it did not necessarily uh, you know, again, that doesn't mean they're fucking right. Like a lot of, you know, I'm sure if you polled Texans and they wanted to fucking, you know, if they if you're like, hey, would you want to secede or do you want uh, California to become its own fucking state? They'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Like that that doesn't mean that they're fucking a that they're right or b that they you know get what they want or that it's something that would be, you know, accepted by the fucking country that they're part of. It's just. It, it, it's not, like, again, I have no strong opinion one way or another, like you said, and, and like, you know, to the point of like, yeah, maybe a lot of them would vote for that, but I'm sure if you polled Cubans of Miami, if, if you polled the Cubans of Miami and said, Hey, should we wipe Cuba off the face of the earth? I bet you a good percentage of them would say, yeah, absolutely. Get rid of the fucking commie scum, but <laughs> right. you know, they get that, they, but they're a, there's a very biased subject subsection of Cubans or ex-Cubans. my grandparents can't own that sugarcane plantation. Then <laughs> nobody, nobody will. <laughs> right. But fuck them. So, you know, it, it's, you know, it's just, again, like it doesn't fucking mean anything. And again, I don't have a super strong opinion one way or another, but it's none of our fucking business. It's none of the United States fucking business. Uh, we just love to make everything our business. And it's not just because we feel that we need to, it's because there's money in it. <laughs> there's always money in it from one of the sides because they know that to offer the U S Cheap fucking goods and cheap labor is the way to our hearts and the way into our fucking pants. Right. So if they do well, that, they'll get if, anything if, if they, they want policy wise. If they th- if if the you know industrialists and capitalists of Taiwan thought that uh, welcoming Pelosi was gonna <laughs> be good for Taiwan, I got other news for you because I just saw this headline this morning from Market Insider. Taiwan dollar craters ahead of Nancy Pelosi's visit amid heightened U.S. Ten, uh, China tensions. So yeah, just her being there has tanked Taiwan's economy. And just, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, but she doesn't give a fuck. Cause her, I'm sure. I'm sure Raytheon stocks are fucking through the roof right now because it's, it's increased. You know, tension between the world's two biggest superpowers, uh, and they love that. So I, I just, I, w- I just want to read you this p- paragraph from. Uh, yeah. From this article today about, you know, Biden's response, because like you said, even the Biden administration, you know, as hawkish as they are, they're not stupid enough to be like, yeah, let's just provoke the con- the one country that's bigger than us economically, you know, populate like, well, this is a lot 
bigger than us population wise, but certainly economically um, and for no fucking reason, you know, just to provoke them. Um, Biden's national security team made clear to Pelosi, a longtime advocate for human rights in China, uh, why she should not go to Taiwan now. Uh, but the president did not call her directly and ask her not to go. Apparently worried he would look soft on China, leaving an opening for Republicans to attack him before the midterms. So yeah, no, it, it's what it, it, I'll finish reading. Uh, it, it is a measure of our political dysfunction that a Democratic president cannot deter a, a Democratic House Speaker from engaging in a diplomatic maneuver that his entire national security team, <laughs> from the seat, bless you, from the CIA director to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, deemed unwise. So, yeah, no, yeah, you don't want to look weak to Republicans. You don't want to tell Nancy Pelosi not to go. It's totally better to let the fucking Speaker of the House of your own party completely defy you and bring us to the brink of a fucking situation that could ignite a, a World War III because you didn't want to fucking seem weak on China. And guess what? They're going to say you're weak on China anyway because they know you didn't want her to fucking go, you moron. Like, Joe Biden, as as insidious as he is, is also just a, a, just a lifelong bumbler like he's just he fucking bungles fucking everything his entire political career and you know we've talked about that before how he bungled his way into the vice presidency and subsequently into the presidency he's never been a good politician he has no fucking feel for this no feel for decision making and i think that's just another example and he's fucking losing his mind because you know on top of the fact that his brain is dementia riddled now it's completely covid riddled and it seems like he's never gonna fucking shake the fucking well, covid he's infected i, I don't i don't believe in hierarchical chains of command but clearly joe biden and, and pelosi do and the people that support them do and certainly you're if you're in the government you, you do right like, right you know. if you're if you're the president and you're the commander-in-chief and you're allowing your third in command you know your your second lieutenant to undermine you and make you look weak and go around you, go behind your back and go do some shit with, you know, your biggest adversary slash biggest trading partner uh, that that's going to throw stock markets around the world asunder. Um, I mean, that just I mean, it's like clearly could you you look any weaker? Like, I mean, that's like he's worried about looking weak with China. Could you look any weaker right now than you're letting Nancy Pelosi bully you? He has to have an official phone call that people know about to fucking do it. No. You, you do what LBJ did and you fucking call him, at, you know, wake her up at three in the morning and say, you don't go. I'm not right. letting your plane take off is what's going to happen. Right. You say, like, I'm sure LBJ was like, you take that plane off. I'm going to fucking send an F-16 and put you down. Like, don't fucking take off and go to Taiwan. Like, you're not, you know, like, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's preposterous that he's he's fucking cowed by Nancy some, Pelosi. This was but. some think tank of hers. This was some Atlantic Council, some some fucking you know, third way think tank was like, how can we make it, you know, how can we get women out in front of, you know, disastrous foreign policy to make her look good? And then, and then the headline today I saw trending on Twitter was uh, Pelosi makes historic first visit to Taiwan in 25 years for, for a, uh, a US, US speaker of the house. Yeah. Right. Um, like, uh, oh, look at, look at girls getting it done. Like, well, we destroyed the city, but uh, girls got it done. <laughs> There's a uh, kind of a reason that we haven't been, that we haven't sent a high-ranking U.S. official there in 25 years because it's fucking fraught with danger to 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 you know do just a needless provocation. We've never seen fit to do so for no fucking reason. Um, but yeah, the last one was Newt Gingrich. So great company Pelosi's keeping in that. Oh record. yeah, no, and, and of course the you know fucking um 
what's his face mitch mcconnell came out and was wildly praising nancy pelosi so that's when you know you've really done done well when yeah. mitch mcconnell is like super in love with what you're doing foreign policy grandpa what turtle poke his head out to praise her See, there was an onion headline yesterday that says um uh, China decides to punish Pelosi by l- allowing her to return to the U.S. unscathed. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, that is probably the worst thing so you could do to somebody. Yeah, just, just let him live to, to her hundred million dollar ice cream fortune. Well, that's true. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she doesn't. Her America and our America is not the same America, but still, I mean, this country is a fucking hellscape, regardless. Um, but yeah, so you know, fucking, and she's there now, so I guess you know. If you hear a loud boom in the background, although I guess you won't get this podcast because we don't have time to upload it, but no, I mean, it, it, it's a fucking, it's just, I mean, I'm sure nothing's going to come of it, but it's a, just a needless provocation. She's creating a global fucking incident for no fucking reason other than her own ego and whatever capital interests convinced her to do this publicity stunt. And it's just amazing that, that, that Joe Biden is such a little bitch that he's just letting this happen, but that's. Joe Biden's entire career is either he's just viciously right wing or a complete bitch. Like if you look at the way he handled the Anita Hill trial or the Anita Hill hearings, excuse me, not trial (laughs) should have been a trial of Clarence Thomas. But um, the way he handled the Anita Hill hearings is the exact same fucking situation. He just let Republicans bitch him out the entire trial. Uh, He let them shout him down. He was the fucking chair of that of that hearing. And he just let them shout him down and they wouldn't stop when he called order and like he wouldn't call witnesses that were that would have been corroborating witnesses for anita hill um he's just been a little bitch his entire career because he wants to be loved by all the fucking right-wing shitbags that are like the worst people on earth and uh this is just more of the same he's got no spine when it comes to standing up to the right-wing influences in this country and he's a a right-wing monster when it comes to standing up to any sort of a left-wing challenge to him uh and that's so i had some excerpts excerpts here um that i'm not going to read but i had one paragraph that i do want to read because you've kind of hit everything already and this is from a guy who i don't know what this guy's deal is i just found this article and his his bio is more interesting than than the article he wrote for the most part um because you do see these schisms between like what what the <laughs> what what their ideology ideology is and like what they learned growing up from harvard right <laughs> And uh, this headline, Pelosi's big trip to Taiwan draws Irie from China and White House. And I was like, Irie? Isn't that, isn't that a good thing, Bob Marley? <laughs> no, 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 Ire. It's yeah, Ire. Draws Ire from China. Yeah, there we go. And his subtitle here is, The critics are right. A visit from such a high-ranking official would be a serious mistake, and the president should ask her to cancel it. This is written by... Uh, Daniel Larison, not Daniel Larson, Daniel Larison at responsiblestatecraft.org. Oh, that sounds not at all like the CIA. <laughs> I, I yeah, just like responsible statecraft. So we're gonna we're gonna meddle in the affairs of other countries' <laughs> democracies, but we're gonna do it responsibly. Right. Okay, guys. This isn't the CIA of your father's generation anymore, okay? And so his, his bio continues. Uh, Daniel Larison is a contributing editor at antiwar.com. And I'm like, okay, doesn't sound so bad. And former senior editor at the American Conservative Magazine. Like, oh, what? that's okay. Like, okay, I mean, I get it that, like, you know, Beltway, Rust Belt voters whose kids actually fought in the war who were conservative are, like, now anti-war. But this guy has is a PhD. He has a PhD in history from the University of Chicago. 
So it's like, like, how are you writing for antiwar.com and American Conservative Magazine? Like, where? Anyway, probably studied studied like Western philosophy in 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 college as an undergrad. But so he writes here a bunch of different things, all the shit we've already said. But he gets to the bottom here, last paragraph I had here, and this is where it's it's like, okay, this guy has like some level of understanding of like why this is stupid beyond just the saber rattling. Right. Uh, and he, just one paragraph here. He writes, Daniel Larison, PhD, whatever Pelosi's intentions might be, the consequences could be dangerous. I would argue they will be dangerous. Yeah. Um, that could uh, that could take the form of economic punishment or increased military activity that would put additional strain on Taiwan. So, again, making it harder for the locals to live their daily lives because you parachute in to talk about freedom and democracy and then you leave and you don't have to live with the consequences. The Taiwanese right. people do. Right. You just make it Anyway, case. punitive measures, uh, or I'm sorry, any punitive measures taken by China would then further sour U.S.-China relations. That would impair a government's ability to engage constructively on other issues of global concern, including climate change. LOL. Like, we're going to really fucking engage in yeah, that Yeah, like we like, give a shit. We like, just we like give to, a fuck about yeah, we like We like to bash country. China for being the world's biggest polluter, even though we're the biggest polluter per capita. Right. right? But we don't want to do anything about it. It's like, well, if we're not going to do anything. If, if China's not going to do anything, then we shouldn't either. Like, China's doing more than we ever will. It's just that they have 1.2 billion people instead of 3.25 million. You know, if China's not going to stop putting holes in the bottom of this boat we're both standing in, then we're not going to stop because, yeah, it's just so fucking stupid. But Until China builds us a bigger boat, I'm not going to prevent this boat from sinking. (laughs) Guys, it's fine. Once we sink, we could just patch up the boat underwater and we'll float back to the top. We'll invent some sort of hole fixer technology underwater hole fixer technology and we'll float back up to the top you know the in, in, innovation will save us in this case in, I think. in by 2045 <laughs> taiwanese semiconductors will be able to power an ai <laughs> to tell us how to fix this problem right so until then fix, the, but... the, the taiwanese sweatshop labor will keep cranking out little microchips for your phone <laughs> so yeah and then i had this tweet uh this is from july 24th from mike pompeo trump's secretary of state uh, blatant fascist, Christo fascist, Mike Pompeo, my former boss at the State Department, tweets out to Nancy Pelosi, Nancy, I'll go with you. I'm banned in China, but not from freedom-loving Taiwan. See you there! Exclamation mark. <laughs> and then just some oh, random God. response. Some random response from Tracy T. At Tracy T. 488-296950 on Twitter. <laughs> definitely a real person who who of course has a ukraine flag and an american flag in her her handle and her avi is a uh blue sky and field of sunflowers just just come you know liberal right tweets thank (laughs) thank you for your supporting period not even a real sentence like like a pure bot just thank you for your supporting to Mike Pompeo. <laughs> to Mike wow. Pompeo. That's, a fucking yeah. right wing, far right wing, MAGA Christo fascist. Mike Pompeo, welcome to the resistance. That's all I have to say. Um, but yeah, it just. Oh, God. This fucking country is such a cesspool. It, it fucking. Oh, God. Well, we should also mention just the other horrible shit we're doing internationally because uh, we also just did another completely extrajudicial uh, uh, murder the other day. Um, but it happened to be of a bad guy. So now we're of course completely celebrating it and not 
at all looking at the ramifications of what we did or thinking about the the bigger picture you know uh issues that would arise from what we do uh you know foreign policy wise in afghanistan so we uh biden authorized a uh, drone a drone strike that killed uh allegedly killed uh al uh or what's his name ayman uh, al zwahiri who is allegedly the leader of al-qaeda you know again this how many fucking people do you have to kill before the, the title of leader stops becoming impressed? Like this is, it's getting to the level of like, you know, well, we, we, we arrested Bidlan's chauffeur, chauffeur, you know, we arrested fucking Bidlan's chauffeur and he's going to give up the dirt on Bidlan. Like that was the shit that they were Didn't doing. Did we kill Bin Laden like 11 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what, what uh, was, what was the imminent threat but... that was happening since then? Right. Like I right no we've we've actually sent plenty of money and funded and like weapons to Al Qaeda in the interim eleven years since we killed Bin Laden and and now but apparently we're celebrating this massive victory over you know killing Al I don't again not I'm not like yeah bad Al Qaeda is awesome but it, it, it's just preposterous that we're still fucking carrying out military operations in Afghanistan a country that we were allegedly pulled out of and are you know in the process I guess of pulling out, you know, well, in the slowest possible from fashion. The ground, but we still own the skies, okay? We still own the air over Agram Air Force Base, right? So, you, you know, all like the dark MAGA stuff that like the left's been trolling uh, for the last year and a half and then all the, you know, uh, let's go Brandon stuff and all like then, you know, the, the blue MAGA stuff, like all these hashtag things that people have been fighting over. Um, well, now dark Brandon <laughs> I saw Dark Brandon I saw that, on Twitter yeah. last night. So Dark Brandon is basically a hashtag probably thought up by a fucking CIA Democrat think tank uh, to try to make Biden look tough. Let's make Biden look even more insidious and awful and bloodlusty than Trump, who really wasn't even that much as long as you were, you know, unless you were from a marginalized group in this country. Right. Um so somebody <laughs> tweeted out this this meme of Trump looking scared and Biden looking like like he's lit from below, like looks like a skull. Looks looks like the fucking villain from Poltergeist too, uh, <laughs> even more than he does on a daily basis. Right. And the the Trump one says gets COVID can't breathe, uh, and then Biden it says gets COVID kills top Al Qaeda leader, and it got like hundreds of likes and hundreds of retweets. I'm sure from all real people. Uh, and then, of course, the, like the first reply underneath it is from a woman named Arena, and her avatar is a little dog. So you know that she was a real person. And it's her tweet was, we should all steal this and flood Facebook with it. So, yeah, I mean, like a, a bot pretending to be your actual Facebook aunt. Right. Like, you know, as though you need to say that out loud, like they aren't already flooding Facebook. with it. Right. As if the bots on Facebook aren't already in the process of flooding it. With it. Fucking right. The, the, the liberals that think that calling me a tanky is like a thing that's going to offend me. Right. And, the only thing, right. The only thing that a liberal could call you that would offend you is is liberal or, fuck, you know, whatever, yeah. Democrat or fucking, you know. So somebody um, replied, we're working on it now. Like, yes, sir. Salute marching orders go to Facebook. We will go to convince the masses because clearly, you know, Facebook is where you're going to change a lot of hearts and minds um, that, you know, I mean, B Biden is is <laughs> Biden is the real ruthless bloodlust murderer 
destroyer of al-qaeda like like that's the thing that anyone even fucking cares about right like i mean it, arguably in 2011 you could be like yeah ladies and gentlemen we got him and people were like oh yeah hey 10 years later we finally got bin laden okay i'm gonna go take bread out of the oh, oven yeah, and I move forgot on with my life right uh, even like, then nobody it was even like... really cared then nobody no, even really no. fucking cared then and they sure as fuck don't care now oh we killed uh, uh al-qaeda's like do, do, do most people even know if al-qaeda exists or not no, Did you even know uh, if ISIS I, exists or not? I wasn't sure Al Qaeda really existed in any major capacity, and I'm still not no. sure that they do. I, uh, you uh, know, like, Al Al Arwari, whoever the like, nobody gives a shit. No one fucking right. cares because it doesn't affect any of our lives the way that not having healthcare does, the way that skyrocketing food costs do, right. the way that skyrocketing rent. Nobody fucking cares. But I mean, all, what's the solution? to All those problems? Uh, fun of the police, twenty percent more. So I, I just, I mean, I, not that anyone fucking cares. I'm replying to a bot here with this tweet, but I replied to both these fucking idiots. And I just said, like, look, people like you are the reason the Dems are going to lose huge in, in 2020, too. Nobody wants to vote for a right-wing warmonger. They'll just stay home. Hope you're happy with your hashtag blue MAGA bullshit. <laughs> I got him with the hashtag. <laughs> so, And you know who fucking fundamentally understood that nobody wants to vote for a right wing w- warmonger? Trump. Like he, that you know, for all of his flaws is the one thing he understood <clears throat> that there's no fucking taste for that from anybody, especially from the right wing, because that's typically the people that, that are stupid enough to fucking enlist are people that buy into this fucking fantasy myth of, you know, America as this shining city on a hill and that we're this fucking protectors of freedom and democracy. And we fundamentally need to, to keep the world sane. And, you know, that that's the people who fucking, you know, get tricked by that fucking narrative and go, you know, and join up to fucking kill a bunch of brown people and end up usually the being the ones that die. So like they don't fuck Most of their fucking relatives know that. So they don't want to, you know, be involved in that. And the fucking left base doesn't want anything to do with that shit. You know, <laughs> the fucking people who watch MSNBC do because they're so, you know, brain poisoned by the fucking NSA, CIA, FBI fucking horse shit that's shoveled at their face at a thousand miles an hour. But nobody else fucking wants that. Well, you'd think they would be up in arms over Biden uh, over this headline from Yahoo News last week. Biden goes silent after SCOTUS gives him the power to stop Trump immigration policy. Oh, weird. Weird, we- just weird like how they're no- not. He can just go silent and knows that nobody's going to fucking say anything. Right. <laughs> right. No, and, and none of the fucking, you know, the obviously fucking in, in his pocket media and the media that like just protects the fucking, you know, the DC establishment of both parties at any cost will say anything. I mean, Again, you know, we've, t- we've talked about it till we were blue in the face and during the election, he could just wipe out student debt permanently right now. But what he's doing is delaying it so that when it comes due, he doesn't have to look like the bad guy and Donald Trump or whoever can just start. I mean, I, I'm actually reluctant to say that anybody would be dumb enough to start up student loan uh, payments again. But if anybody would do it, it would be Joe Biden. But I mean, right now, what he's doing is just kicking the can down the road when he realistically could just wipe it out and completely transform the economy for the fucking younger generations in this country who have been absolutely crushed by the fucking predatory capitalist system that he helped build. But he's not going to because he knows that that's not (laughs) what was he doing all that work for deregulating finance if it was just going to, you know, bring things back to where they were when people could actually afford to fucking live and make a life for themselves after college. Like, why would he, why would he want to undo all the hard work you did? There's life it? after college. <laughs> yeah, well, there used to be, 
uh nowadays it's you know not so much you really gotta fucking find you find a good niche and and you know hang on with for all fucking for dear life but yeah Ugh. god it, should have bruce springsteen song about that but uh or is oh man did you see that that controversy <laughs> i like some jc uh jcm songs <laughs> like two or three what's that right on know. the scarecrow that's a good song um fucking uh what's it called uh did you see that shit about how springsteen is like management is like his like his like world tour they're charging like 1200 like so Ticketmaster does some bullshit now and i haven't like bought tickets to a big concert in a long time but apparently Wait, when, just... did, when did Ticketmaster become bullshit <laughs> right that's, i know it's gotta be not like no, eddie vetter was I, telling I, us about it like i can't i can't believe i i just there's some things that are always sacred anthony i don't know where you got this well from. so i mean again of course Ticketmaster's always been a fucking nightmare of a company which is why you know pearl jam took him to the fucking supreme court basically um but uh in recent years they've, they've developed this this wonderful new technology where tickets when they go on sale they mix in now the face value seats with the scalper seats because they have their own scalper uh services that they like integrate into the main hub of Ticketmaster. So like you can go on and there's an on sale date of 10 a.m. for the Bruce Springsteen concert this morning and you go on at 10 a.m. and you want to click I-, I want front row center and it may be a $200 face value seat. I mean, probably not, but you know, <laughs> but whatever it is and it'll you'll click it and it'll say $1,500 and you'll say, oh, well, I guess that's the face value. Uh, I guess I'm going to spend, you know, <laughs> fucking three mortgage payments or whatever. Uh, to go see Bruce Springsteen and they they mix in now the the scalper seats right away before like you can as a scalper buy that seat the second it goes on sale with some kind of a bot setup which a lot of them have and then immediately go and flip it into the regular on sale like pool of of like ticket selection so and, and they they of course do nothing to stop this because they make they fucking make double the money they make double the service fee on it it's really fucking insidious and should be illegal, but of course, you know. I don't even know if I completely understand it, but that's fine because I don't want to go further into it. But yeah, Ticketmaster's terrible. I, I just, I don't have any interest double in going dip- to see any fucking concert. But too long, we, we, they're double dipping on on service fees and they're letting people immediately turn a face value ticket into a whatever they want to charge for it, scalper ticket. And there's no transparency as to what is a scalped ticket and what is a face value ticket so it's it's impossible to buy hmm. tickets to anything that people want to see anymore yeah yeah well i was i was riding back from critical mass on friday while uh Lollapalooza was in full swing and you know i'm riding right past the main stage and there was hundreds of people lined up along the lakefront trail so they could hear the music uh not have to pay to get in and it's loud enough that you could yeah, it's right. a little bit Outdoors, over the board of over the roar of uh, Lakeshore Drive, which separates the LFT from the from the stage, and there's multiple stages, but like the main stage is like right at corner of like Grant and whatever the fuck. And I, I'm riding, I'm you know moving at a pretty good pace, but I can hear the, the lead singer just as they come to the end of their song. And I don't think it was the end of their set; it was just the end of one song. Mm-hmm. Power punk rocker, whatever. Just I don't know who the fuck it was. And the lead singer's like. Oh, like to the audience, it's like, oh, wow, man, I, I totally like shouldn't have taken those mushrooms when I did. I, I like totally thought they were going to wear off by now, but they haven't. <laughs> the crowd's like, Woo! and I've never heard a lead singer say something that made it so obvious that he had not taken any mushrooms <laughs> right. whatsoever. Right. Never done drugs in his life. Probably. Right. 
Right. I'm, t- I'm too nerd. terrified to do drugs in front of a huge audience and I never will, but I'll tell everyone I did. It's like when Tom Cruise has to play like he's drunk in a movie and you can tell he's like never had a drink in his life because he's a fucking freak. So he's just like, he's very, like, I, I actually love Tom Cruise as an actor. Like his, but I think he brings a really interesting, unique energy to performances, probably because he's real life insane, but um, he's very bad at like being drunk or high in any movie because you can tell he just like doesn't do that. Because of whatever weird fucking right. religious shit that he's got going on. <laughs> so it's very funny when he's trying to act drunk and like Jerry Maguire or whatever. It's very bad at it. So that's that's yeah, I, what that's I don't remember it well enough to know that. But I, I do. I mean, I mean, what is it? It's 2000, 2022, which means Magnolia is 23 years old, Wow, which is pretty fucking wild. But you know, every, everyone used to kind of wonder, like, how did Paul Thomas Anderson pull these, you know, just out of the park performances from these B minus level actors or C plus level actors. And it's like, cause he wrote these actors, like their Freudian super ego version of themselves. Right. Like he, he fucking, I mean, look at, look at, uh, Burt Reynolds or Mark Wahlberg or, you know, obviously Tom Cruise and Magnolia, um, you know, or, or, uh, um, Adam Sandler and Punch Strong Love. Like he he wrote like the core essence of who they are right. just beneath the service that like those actors in their real daily lives are like trying to, you know, tamper down and hide and, and like what's their worst nature. And it's you know, like, yeah, no, this is this is you know, Frank TJ Mackey, the you know, search and destroy how to overcome, you know, overcome the power of the pussy, whatever the fuck guy. Uh you know, men's seminar type men's rights guy. Like that that's in another life, like that would be the real Tom Cruise. If Tom Cruise wasn't a famous fucking millionaire, billionaire right. actor, like that's oh, who the real Tom sure Cruise would be. Oh, you for sure do seminars and be like a motivational speaker and right. fucking just right, wait. Right. You just look at him like there's something really fucking wrong with this guy, but I don't know what it is. Like that would be the that would be his career. So yeah, there's yeah. there's no I, job I do, where he's like, I do like that, at Valvoline, uh, you know. No, <laughs> I do like that. Like the like he he's a total fucking womanizing asshole, or or at least pretends to be. Um, not because, you know, not because he hated his mother, but because he hated the way his father treated his mother. So it's like this weird, like, like psychological (laughs) flip that they do with the character. So, I mean, obviously if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's one of the best films ever made, especially in the year 1999. 99 was like the best year for avant-garde cinema, like breaking into the mainstream, uh, fight club being John Malkovich. Uh, I think three Kings came out in, yeah. 1999 too. Yeah, well, um, I, that might have been like 2000, 2001 because I feel like that was right, like at the start of Iraq. I could be wrong, but I feel like that was around the start of Iraq. But I could be wrong on that. Um, oh yeah, I guess we had to be at war in order for that movie to. to be. <laughs> well, to be fair, when are we not? But yeah, oh no, you're right, 99. Okay, so yeah, I guess that was more of a Gulf War than. Oh yep, yep, it was second Gulf, Gulf War, war. <laughs> right? And that um, was David O. Russell, one of my favorite, because like you all, you love these these comedies from the 2000s that were all like Will Ferrell and um what's what's some of the other people from the yeah, john c riley like? seth rogan i mean look you know seth rogan yeah yeah yeah. You, well, I, I think most people tend to love the comedies that they were in high school for, like that they that were out sure. when they were you know it's just kind of like the way it you know where the cookie crumbles like i'm jealous of the people who like grew up in the fucking like in high school in the 80s where it was like you know just like some of the funniest fucking you, you've seen a bunch of david o russell's films his other his other comedy you know very very adult comedies alexander payne is another one where like if you show these movies to most people they wouldn't think they were a comedy right those are my favorite comedies were were alexander payne and david russell in the 2000s were my some of my favorite comedies of all time 
Well, right. And like, I, you know, one of Tarantino, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time, I don't think you'd ever say he makes, I don't think you'd ever call like a specific movie of his a comedy, but they're all funnier than almost anything, you know, and, and more intelligent than almost anything that strictly has been called a comedy that's come out in the last, you know, 15 years. It's just a matter of like, there's some people who are just inherently, you know, just j- j- they just inherently get what a fucking screenplay should be. And that's, you know, that's where you really get the shit that you remember and not just the fluff that's like, oh, man, that was real funny. But I won't think about Speaking it. Speaking of uh, scripted performances, we should talk about uh, Zelensky in Ukraine a little bit. Um, that was a laugh line. No, yeah, go ahead. Let's go. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mr. Fucking uh, Mr. Fucking, you know, Blue Steel with a Zoolander posing on the cover of Vogue. I that I mean, if you're still one of these people with a fucking Ukraine avatar in your bio, I mean, are you not embarrassed at this point? Like, is it not just like a point of shame for you that 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 like it's so obviously a fucking op and this guy's so obviously a fucking CIA plant and they're going to, you know, let him let his fucking right wing Nazi fucking goon militia put one in the back of his skull when they're when he's not useful to them anymore, which is rapidly approaching, by the way. Um, but you're still fucking buying into the CIA myth of what's actually happening in the Ukraine at this point. The man I mean, is what, posing in front of fake fucking helicopters wholesome? for Vogue magazine. I mean, what's what's wrong with Vogue, Vogue magazine, Anthony? Like he's he's desperate in a time of war for more munitions to keep the good fight going. Like why why wouldn't he do a fashion a staged fashion photo shoot from you know the from Warsaw, Poland, right, where he's been pretending he's not been for the last uh, nine months. Right. No, it's it's ridiculous, and people were like the picture of his wife in front of like the the fake destroyed airplane, uh, which which is is not a. I mean that that the 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 plane that he's standing in front of is not a plane that is used in warfare. It's a cargo plane, and if it was in a place that had actually been bombed, an airfield that actually would have been bombed, uh, the first lady of Ukraine would not be there, let alone doing a fucking staged photo shoot for there. So we know that the background is fake. And then you have these three random soldiers. They're all just kind of standing there looking in different directions like they're fucking mannequins. Somebody said that. Like, why do they all look like mannequins? It's like because they're all staring in no direction for no reason. And they're all photoshopped in there. Right. And it's, it's just like people in P- I posted the fucking tweet somebody had on Facebook and people were like, so what's wrong with that? I'm like, what, what do you mean? What's wrong with that? Like, it's do you realize that Vogue is a fashion magazine? They're like, you, yeah, you, so you even understand. Like, the yeah, so propaganda like what <laughs> do you, you if you're in the midst of, of invasion by a foreign country, an actual invasion by a foreign country that you, in fact, are worried about, you don't have time for doing fashion photo shoots with a Western fucking fashion magazine. That's just not a thing that exists. I don't know why people just don't don't fundamentally fathom that as like a core like no that's just not a thing you have time to do it's not a thing a serious person does either i mean if you're seriously right like if you're like you know deeply concerned with the way that you know the 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 situation is unfolding and that you're you know you really want to try to win this war because for righteous reasons and you like this is the thing a fucking actor does. And, that, you know, again, people it's, know. It's just like all of his green screen videos where it like he pretends to walk into frame in like a middle of a street and there's sandbags. And it's clearly he's in a fucking room with a green screen and not even a good one. Right. And I'm not I'm not like being like one of these nutty like, oh, he's like a crisis act. No, he's a literal fucking actor. He was a comedian. He's He was like the John Stewart of fucking Ukraine. Uh, and he's always like had, you know, really weird fucking political views, much like all the 
shitty fucking late night host in this country, the Trevor Noahs of the world, um, but was never really a serious person. And they were like, well, you know, he's really funny and popular and, you know, he'll, he's very photogenic. So let's make him the puppet president for the fucking foreign policy goals of the Western world, which is we want to weaken Russia as much as possible. We want to make them look like the aggressors. We want to use every tool in our arsenal to do what we can to weaken them economically, you know, militarily on the world stage, everything we could do basically short of actually going into, you know, hot war with them, which we don't really want. Um, but we'll do everything we can to weaken them. And that was the whole point of Zelensky's fucking ascension to power. Uh, and so now that they are in the shit though, their, their actual on the ground recruiting efforts are kind of funny. And, it's pretty telling that the, the the people that could be fighting against Russia invading Ukraine uh, very much don't want to. <laughs> so this is this is a headline. This is a headline. I don't even remember. Where I usually annotate where I got the headlines from. It's probably just from Yahoo News. Um, headline: As yeah, as Ukraine signs up soldiers, questions arise about how it chooses. <laughs> so I, I'm assuming who it chooses it wants to recruit. They have forced conscription but they're kind of selective about how they go about doing it um so i'm just gonna read a few paragraphs here a nationwide campaign is underway in ukraine to recruit register and draft men a predictable response for a country at war that campaign includes fanning out on the streets to find potential soldiers in issuing summonses summons summonses summonses ordering them to report to recruiting offices so they just go out and they're like, hey, you, you come here, buddy. You're going to be a soldier. Uh, but the effort, especially the street recruiting, is drawing accusations that it is secretive and arbitrary, that it violates the government's own rules and drafts the unwilling. Dennis, 29, said that he was recently handed a summons he did not want outside of the Krakow supermarket at the recruitment office. He says, I lied and said I didn't have any military training, a lie that may not be caught because his records are in a different part of Ukraine. Dennis, who did not want his last name to be published for fear of punishment, added, quote, I know guys who don't even leave their apartments because they're afraid to get a summons. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much they don't give a shit about fighting for their own country. Right. Because they know it's fucking bullshit. In Krakow, Ukraine's second largest city, a channel on the messaging app Telegram provides anonymous, crowdsourced, real-time information on the locations of recruiters for people trying to steer oh, clear shit. of them. Wow. <laughs> it has more than 67,000 subscribers. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, That's just awesome. in one city. That's just in one city. Wish Quote, we had that in this country for fucking high schools. Be like, hey, just right. make, sure, make sure you don't let this fucking nut job with the fucking this is, crew this cut is into it. the school today. Yeah, so a, a quote from the, the channel on Telegram says, uh, our goal is to prevent the inappropriate... In issuance of summonses um, and invites re- uh, it says the channel description and invites residents to send in locations and photos of police officers and recruiters one post featured a picture taken from inside a parked car of recruiters in front of his shop the caption read quote it's our old friends again <laughs> <laughs> another telegram channel for the Liev region on uh, in Western Ukraine reads, quote, it is important to get all of our relevant information or it is important to get all the, the relevant information only by knowing your rights. Can you protect yourself and your family? Like from the recruiters, from right. the recruiters that are trying to get you to fight on behalf of NATO, 
for this Western proxy war. Which again is definitional fascism like that. Again, when we, when we did it too, it's fucking, it is fascist to force somebody to fucking try to go and kill somebody else in service of, of a fucking, you know, fictional fucking concept, like a country, the idea of like these fucking border, like that's complete fucking fascism be like, you have to serve in this military. Otherwise we'll throw you in jail. That's, definitionally fascism well, that's all of israel even though they're not technically at war with anybody so well, the, the right. last the last sentence here um from this uh from the the telegram channel in Lviv, uh, Lviv, Lviv? Lviv. lviv live western region uh says the channel lists the five places where the most summonses are handed out and it lists the diseases that men can keep uh, or can cite <laughs> from having to serve Awesome. So literally, like they're telling Ukrainian men how to lie to not have to be drafted to fight against Russians in their own country. That's right. how unpopular this this shit is. That's how much these people in their own country see through this bullshit. The people that are like, uh, I don't want to go fight alongside these fucking Nazis. Right, right. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in their country who are like, yeah, no, we it was a lot better when we were part of the Soviet Union. Like this is fucking atrocious. We're being puppets for the fucking Western imperialist powers right now. We, you know, I'm sure they want no part. There's, I'm sure there's a good chunk of the country even outside of the the breakaway regions that wants no part of that but you don't get a choice because it's a fascist fucking country <laughs> run or run by a fascist government i shouldn't say it's a fascist country but the government yeah well my favorite fascist. thing is when people on on twitter they don't just have a the you know the the blue and yellow uh ukraine flag as their avi they have the flag and then they have the the fascist trident symbol on top of it right and, and i'll i'll be like hey did you know your avi that 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 specific design, that trident design is a fascist symbol. They're like, uh, but that's the, that's the Ukrainian coat of arms. I'm like, yeah. And what part didn't you understand? Right. Like, but, but like, so you're saying that the fascist symbol is the coat of arms of Ukraine. I'm like, yes, what do that you, is what I'm saying. What do you <laughs> like, mean by patch is fascist? I just really like the idea of like a black sun. I feel it's a cool look. Look, I mean, look, it's a cool, it's a cool design. What do you mean? It's they, a fascist. They, just can't fasc- they can't fathom the, the idea that an entire country is fascist. That isn't one of our enemies. Right. They're, they're like, wait, so, so we're the baddies. Like they won't even get that far. They'll, they'll just try to figure out, well, no, this is different. This is different. Well, but these, they're not all Nazis. They're not hashtag. Not all Nazis. you know and and, you know maybe that maybe it's a good thing that we're transitioning away from ukraine and russia and now it's taiwan and china just because they realize that you know people stopped giving a fuck (laughs) because it just dragged on and on and got boring and people didn't want to think about it or didn't want to think in the first place right and now we've got this now we've got this so who knows maybe maybe pelosi will get you know strafed by a chinese bomber tomorrow and we'll have all new shit to talk about next week who fucking knows that'd be fun but yeah well otherwise i mean i think that pretty much does it for us today um but yeah i mean just what a fucking mess uh and yeah uh if you want to support the pod though uh rate review and subscribe uh wherever you get your podcasts follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots uh, patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left and as always i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week i don't know how what? oh what do we want to do
tuning a harp <laughs> 